Welcome back, everybody, to the new installment of the Nor'easter Sportscast Radio family. I am your host, Big Cinnamon, and I'm very happy to introduce the new show we got here. It is the Midweek Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Big Cinnamon. I mean, my real name is Keith Piper, but, you know, my boxing name, Big Cinnamon, that's been what I'm going as. And I'm happy <laughs> to introduce here two new contributors to the Nor'easter Sportscast family. Now, both of them are ex-wide receivers, so I feel like they might be a little bit too entitled for the show, but we'll see how it works. (laughs) So, without further ado, we got our residential all-things Maryland sports uh, fan. We got Nick Hutcherson. Hutchie, good day to you, sir. How you doing? Doing well, man. Crab cakes and football is what Maryland does. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Glad to be here. Ready to take you guys on. All right, sounds great. And I unfortunately have to introduce our residential Knicks and Jets fan. His name is Ryan Kirshner. Ryan, welcome to the show. I, uh, as a Philly fan, my condolences with you for your terrible selection in sports teams. Uh, well, I appreciate you having me on here. I'm excited. Uh, we'll, we'll get around to those. We're, we're rebuilding. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slow and steady process, but it's, it's a process. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Trust the process, right? So uh, before we get into the show, as always, I do want to thank our sponsor, Papa Bear's Kind of Healthy Nut Butters. Only place in the world where you can get free-range, cage-free, wild-caught nut butter. Personally, they have three delicious nut butters. Uh, they have the original churro butter, the churro nutter butter, churro butter, my favorite. They have the nanner butter, and my personal favorite, to- toasted coconut cashew butter. So do you all a favor, go over to ilovepapabear.com, get yourself some good-ass uh, good nut butter, get yourself some fresh-ass gear. Uh, we thank them for all the support they have given to the Nori Sportscast family going into that. So now that we're here, new show here, so I'm just kind of getting into the format just a little bit. So um, the format here, we're going to try to keep it between a 30- to 40-minute show with us three clowns, you never know if we can actually keep that time frame. But the idea is the six-pack, we have six topics each week that we'll try to dive in five, six minutes at the time, kind of get in, get out. Um, I will be keeping track of the time. Uh, we will hear a little whistle like this. When, when time's off of each topic, and then we'll go on into the next topic. So we got six great topics here to go. I'm actually going to start it off with Ryan since he is our residential Knicks and Mellow fan. So we got you here, Ryan. There was a big trade in the NBA that dealt with the Knicks and the Oklahoma City Thunders, uh, sending Mellow out to uh, out out to OKC. I mean, are you happy with the trade? Uh, are, are you excited to see Melo go? And then your personal experience is the OKC kind of dynasty team they got out there, just a tick, ticking time bomb ready to go. The floor is yours, Ryan. I thought the trade was okay. okay. Uh, there was only so much that I thought that the Knicks could do when okay. their GM or president, I should say, or czar or whatever Phil Jackson was dubbing himself at the time, comes out and bashes your superstar, you really diminish value. Uh, and there was no secret Mellow's camp wanted out. There was only, like I said, so much they could do. The haul that they got back, another second-round draft pick, which 
doesn't mean a lot. I believe they may have two or three of those now this year, which you can always package. I think Cantor's a good offensive young player. Uh, I am not on the Dougie McBuckets train. I don't foresee uh, him being at New York for too, too long. I believe he only has one year left on his deal. Uh, I think it was important to really, similar to the 76ers, buy into the full-on tank. I think with Melo around, it keeps you around that 30-35 wins, where it probably gets you somewhere around the 6th, 7th, 8th pick in the draft again. This mm-hmm. tries to get you up there to one, two, three. I know this is a stacked draft class. Thoughts on Mello really is I think it'll be good for him. I don't really buy there's only one ball in the court. I think the Warriors averaged around 115 points a game last year with mm-hmm. only one one ball out there. Uh, my concerns for that team is defense and depth. Uh, they're going to score. They're going to win games in the Western Conference. But when it comes down to playoff time, I don't know if they have the depth, and I don't know if they can lock down on defense. Uh, I think the trade was made out to be a bigger deal than it actually was. I guess that's any time you have Mello's name in a trade. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the OKC got, like, the, the ultimate rent-a-team rent for a year because Paul George is to <laughs> L.A. after this year, and who knows where Mello is going. And then Westbrook, I don't even know if I'm confident that he stays there. And uh, with uh, McDermott, doesn't he remind you a little bit like Jimmer Fadette? Like, doesn't he just kind of have that <laughs> presence? Like, I, like you don't really trust him at all. But, yeah, I feel I that. I, it's going to be a long road yeah. back there, Curse, for you. I just don't think he brings much to the table. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you would think he'd get a better return, but I don't think Mello commanded much of a return, to be honest yeah. with you. He's yeah. been so beaten down and diminished in his value from the front office and He's a 33-year-old declining superstar making $28 million a year. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll segue this into Hutch. He, he's he's okay at this point in his career. He, he's oh, not a whole goodness. lot there. I mean, he's 33 years old. You can't expect too much from the guy. I mean, he's going to retire in two, three years maybe, you know. So, I, don't, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be a 25-point-a-game scorer, but he's a guy that's going to space the floor. He's the guy who's going to command attention. You can't double-team anybody on their team anymore. You got Paul George on the wing. You got Melo on the wing playing the four. Now Steven Adams in the post playing center. And then you have Roberson on the wing to defend. I, I think that's a really good lineup. I think that's a versatile lineup. And uh, depending on who they have coming off the bench, you know, they might have to develop a couple players. But I think they could definitely make some noise. I'm not going to say they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but I am going to say – that's a team that I think could give the Warriors and the Cavs or the Celtics, whoever it may be, a run for their money. Where do you gotcha. put them in the West? Where do I put them in the West? I, put, I mean, mm-hmm. as of right now, I, I think I'd put them number two or three They're right there with the Spurs. I'm not I'm Okay, not so do you put them over the Rockets then, Hutchie? You put them over the Rockets? I'm not, convinced. I'm not convinced on the Rockets. I, I'm Chris Paul might be – you want to talk about Melo being overrated? Chris Paul might be the most <laughs> overrated basketball player in the history of the league. Yeah, I won't okay. disagree with that. <laughs> I won't disagree yeah, with that one. Now, I think on another topic, another time we can go back and recap yeah. Melo's overrated career. But I won't, I won't disagree. Chris Paul's more overrated than him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the idea here um, – I'm going to blow the whistle for this topic here. Uh, but um, 
I, I do think I would like to do a, a heavy NBA, NBA special here before the season introduces us three, maybe make this an hour show, just talking about all things NBA. But Hutch, uh, we're going on to topic here, uh, two here. I want to stay with you. So we have this mm-hmm. big trade, but um, in the NBA this, this week, um, huge media day. So by now everybody's heard like the LeBron press conference where he called Kyrie kid about 2000 times. Um, but anything, anything you've taken out of the press conference or just overall NBA media day in general, uh, you know, Kyrie's still ducking, ducking questions like it's going out of style. Uh, we had a very yeah. introducing or very intriguing uh, conversation with Popovich down in San Antonio. Uh, what, what's your take yep. from the NBA media day that, that happened this, uh, this past week? I, I will say this about the NBA. I mean, I, I'm going to be an NFL fan, um, football fan in general, you know, pri- primarily for the rest of my life. But I will say this about the NBA. They do a great job of commanding the news cycle year-round. There's mm-hmm. always something going on in the NBA that makes you want to click and read a story or click and see what's going on. And with the main thing that I love about the NBA is how petty it's become. Like this <laughs> feud between LeBron and Kyrie, I can't get it's, – it's hilarious. I can't get enough of it. Like, someone asked LeBron, do you have any, uh, you know, advice for Kyrie? He's like, no, I don't have any advice for him. No, I don't like him anymore. I'm like, dude, don't don't be a jerk. Like, you, that's a that's a, such a LeBron move right there. But, I, like, you know, going back to the whole NBA thing, we've seen a lot of players change teams this year. Is there anyone left in the Eastern Conference? Like, who plays in the Eastern Conference that doesn't play on the Cavs? I don't think I can – like Dion Waiters, is there anyone else? <laughs> Dion Waiters, dude, what a clown! Um, I mean, look at maybe maybe the Washington Wizards are kind of interesting. Ah. Maybe the I think the Raptors are 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 on the decline, but you know with DeRozan and Lowry, I feel like those guys are like eighty years old now, or we just don't talk about them. I mean, but well, yeah. I'll never trust Kyle Lowry because he struggles with his weight. And anybody that plays <laughs> basketball and struggles with his weight, I can't, I can't trust him to win games. Um, but, yeah, with basketball, I mean, like I said, a lot, of teams, a lot of people have changed teams this year. We got D. Wade going to the Cavs. People are excited about that. I don't honestly think it's a game changer at all. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, I mean, they're going to start him out of respect, but I see him as a – he's going to get six-man minutes, and he's not – he's only going to play 30, 40 games this year. This guy, he's got <laughs> knees like me, so it's, I don't really yeah. know. Uh, they, do they allow crutches think... crutches out on the court at all? Because I feel I like – I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe he'll get uh, prosthetics like that guy, uh, Pistorius, that won the, 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 the track guy with that shot his wife <laughs> or whatever he did. Yeah. Yeah, this – oh, wait, wait, you're from, like, what, South Africa? Yeah, that was the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 the running blades. Maybe maybe he'll get a pair of those. I don't know. But I don't think I don't think that's a uh, power-shifting move right there. I still think uh, the championship is going to roll through the Warriors. I know the Cavs added Isaiah Thomas, who's my height. Um, they added Jay Crowder, <laughs> and they added, like um, – Jeff Green, I don't know who he played for last year, but he's still in the NBA. And people are making big, a big deal out of this, saying, oh, the Cavs are so deep now. I mean, the Cavs were deep. You can only play five guys at a time. The Cavs were deep last year. It, I mean, it, it really depends on how good those guys are. I don't think their talent stacks up to Golden State. Yeah, like they were deep last year, but when Kyle, uh, Corver and J.R. Smith came on the court, they were fucking hitting bricks left and right. 
Like uh, they were building a, a little apartment building. So, I mean, it's all about if, you're, if you, it's all about if your bench players can perform. But yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, it also matters who they're matched up against, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. Jeff Green and Jay Crowder sound good until they're out on the court trying to guard Kevin fucking Durant. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> Kurt, you got yeah anything there? I mean, I I know you're you're the biggest LeBron hater on the Twitterverse, but so that press <laughs> conference, that press conference. I mean, I, I'll give you a minute here just to bash him if you want it. The, the floor is yours. That that press conference was peak <laughs> LeBron James pettiness, and I am not the biggest LeBron hater. I am the biggest LeBron truther there is. Because here's the thing. He's gotten a pass on everything he's ever done before. He's the self-proclaimed chosen one, greatest one, whatever he dubs it this week or next week. He's, if you're that good, you don't need to have, look at, we're just talking about how deep this team is right here. You're naming another great player after another great player after another great player. Now, in my opinion, I don't think D-Wade signing with them is very big news. Just like Hutch had mentioned earlier, it, I think he's out of his prime. He's not going to bring all that much. But right now, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And given about, I don't know, probably February, March, we're going to be talking about how LeBron has no help anymore and how LeBron <laughs> has to do everything on his own. He, he gets a pass on every angle, no matter where it's at. Again, I think it's a, it could be an hour-long discussion I can have here. I just like yeah. to call it what it is versus giving the guy a pass every single time. Stop telling me how great you are and how you're the greatest thing in the world when I got to see J.J. Barea and Jason Kidd lock you down for about five straight games to end a series. You're no longer great at that point. So anyway. J.J. the LeBron stopper. Oh, man. that uh, I would have quit. <laughs> All right. I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited all season long to hear the the LeBron hot takes from Ryan Kirshner. This is this is, I mean it's gonna be worth to tune in just for the hot takes themselves. But I, 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 I hate to digress tonight. You did. You, I know you did. Uh, I, I think that's a good ease. We don't want to scare away the fans too fast. But we are uh, we're gonna move on now, and we'll just lay, we'll just lay that to rest for just a little bit, and we'll come back around that uh, as we go into the season. So I'm actually gonna lead off here with topics because um, kind of with the big sentiment chat coming up next week, I'm going to go into the NCAA a little bit more, but there was some huge news on the NCAA basketball front here. We got Rick Pitino was, they didn't fire him, fire him, but they put him on like administrative leave with no pay, which is as effective as getting fired. Now, my thing is Pitino should probably have been fired about like eight times by now. I don't know why this all of a sudden, is surprised that like Rick Pitino would do some <laughs> shady shit like this, but but the the whole what what my problem is is that th- this is not new. The NCAA had to know about this shit going on behind doors, and the fact that they didn't even know that the FBI was sniffing around and kind of doing this whole investigation to begin with is is kind of scary. I mean, there's not this large of corruption going around in NCAA basketball without the NCAA knowing. And at the end of the day, the NCAA is just about making money. They, they're not paying the athletes. They don't, they, their overhead cost is so limited. It's scary. And they just, they're banking on all these TV deals and all these shoe deals and everything under that umbrella. So 
I'm going to pass it over now to you two guys. I mean, what are your feelings with this whole NCAA basketball? I mean, is this too be expected? Is this a little worse than what you guys were anticipating? I mean, I think we're all under the same type of idea that we knew some uh, shady shenanigans were going behind the scenes, but is this taking it to the new level or is this just whoever wants to start here? uh, Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. Um, my, my, My theory is this. There's so, like you said, there's so much money in the NCAA in all sports, football, basketball, all the main sports, right? Mm-hmm. And the players supposedly aren't seeing any of it. That money yeah. has got to go somewhere, right? So you pay these coaches, you know, however many millions they get paid. You know, you pay your athletic directors, you pay everybody in the staff, blah, 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 blah. And at some point, those players are going to see some of that money in one form or another. So this is not surprising to me. There's so much money riding on this that there's no way that it's gonna, the coaches are just going to leave things up to chance. Like, oh, I hope this yeah. kid comes to my school. No, they're going to they're gonna do what they have to do to make sure that they're ensuring their jobs. And, they, and, and the big uh, programs like Adidas and Nike, they're going to do what they have to do to make sure that they're funneling the right kids to sign with them. So I'm not surprised by this at all. I think – I think it's, it's, at some point it was going to come out. And yeah. uh, it's just kind of – I think the shocking part is that it came out with an FBI investigation. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's one way like, to break a story, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what really – I mean, I, I was thinking maybe like a, like a, you know, a Woj tweet or something at some point. But, no, we got an FBI investigation popping off. So I think that's what shocked people more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Kirsten, you got anything to add there? The NCAA is the biggest joke of an organization, the most corrupt organization there is. You it's think Bernie Madoff is running this organization right now. <laughs> They're profiting off of 18 to 22-year-old kids, and we're not talking a few dollars, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Um, I guess this is because we have to overreact to all news these days. Um, you know, <laughs> this is not surprising that an assistant coach is taking money to direct a NBA-bound player to a certain agent. Um, you know, to me, it sounds like good business for the NCAA. It seems like what they've been doing all along. So I guess what's, what's most taking back is the FBI had to come in and do this. Uh, the NCAA yeah. can't regulate themselves. But like I said, if you're managing your own books and you're the one regulating yourselves and all the money you know, funnels to just uh, a few hands and not the people doing the actual work, it's not surprising. This is par yeah. for the course. You'll hear 10, 15, 20, 30 more coaches come out here, and you know what they'll do? They'll play musical chairs. One may go to jail, and the other 29 will shift their <laughs> chairs just to the next job yeah. over. And yeah. over. So that's yeah. the NCAA. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect gamut to me. Yeah, and what a scumbag Rick Pitino is, right? Like, what, what is oh. this scandal after scandal? He just keeps, oh, I knew nothing about it. Like, you knew something, buddy. Yeah, there was he, a brothel in, in like the the basketball locker room. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about it. I, I don't know. Like, shut up, Rick. Like, what a scumbag. The dude is just a greasy yeah. jersey scumbag. You recruiter banging strippers. Your recruits are banging strippers in a dorm room, and you in the dorm room is named after your like dead brother or something. You know nothing about <laughs> it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Rick Pitino. All right, we're we're moving on. 
So, hey, how about this? From going from one hypocrisy to another, let's move into the NFL here. So, um, over the first couple of weeks, uh, TV ratings for the, the NFL have been drastically down, you know, both at the 1 o'clock time slot, the Sunday night, the Monday night. Um, I feel like there's, there's a, a bunch of factors going into it. It could be, I think, now week three as a whole was, I think, was a pretty good week of football, but the first two weeks were, were just terrible. I I don't know how much of this anthem stuff is playing into into it, but Hodge, and you're you know football, you're really in touch with this stuff. In your opinion, personal opinion, what what are some of the reasons why the TV ratings are down? Is it a combination of a lot of things, or is it, it can you really put your hand or the pulse on just one one big thing of why ratings suck right now for the, the NFL? Yeah, I mean, so. In my opinion, my, my humble opinion here, I think, there, like you said, there are a couple uh, different reasons driving it. I'd say the quality of play would probably be in the top three. I mean, mm-hmm. if you turn on some of these games and you got Blake Bortles throwing passes like he's wearing a goddamn blindfold, I don't know <laughs> what's going on out there. But also, you have certain things that contribute to it, like, Cable cable ratings across the board are down, not not yep. just the NFL. You know, you got cable ratings across point. the board down. So you mm-hmm. got, you know, people that are uh, unsubscribing from your traditional cable and doing things like, uh, you know, Hulu, Roku, the Fire, Amazon Fire Stick, Netflix, and mm-hmm. those people that, that used to, you know, have cable and not they weren't doing anything Sunday night and would just put the game on, that's, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. You know, that's not happening anymore. So, that, and then, and then that brings me to the protest. And I do, I do think that is having an effect on it. But I read something earlier that was saying, you know, if if the NFL players would just stand, ratings would go back up. And that's where I disagree because you have to also take into account the other side. The people mm-hmm. that are saying, the people that are on the side of the protesters are saying, hey, I'm not watching this shit anymore. And so, you know, they're treating people like that. I'm not watching it anymore. So yep. you have to take into account both sides. So I think it's it's honestly a lose-lose situation for the NFL, puts them in a tight spot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't sit here and say, hey, you know, people are protesting, so people hate it, and, and you know, they, they want us to do a certain thing, so they're turning, the, they're turning the game off. I think there's a couple different factors going into it. You can't just pick one out of the crowd and say, hey, if we fix this, the range will go back up. Because I don't think that's, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it's a perfect storm, Hutchie, to kind of go off your point, right? I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, this all started back with the new CBA too, when they were limiting practice time. Like when when one of the yep. big things that the, the the NFL players were looking for is to limited practice. That's all good and and everything, but after so many years of not practicing, like you know, actually practicing with full pads and in that training mm-hmm. camp, I, I think it does take a into effect like the total product on the field but yeah i think i think you're right i think that the how'd you with the the protests and whatnot we're we're not looking at the both sides of of the spectrum here and you know it's it's a double-edged sword right now for the nfl where they're in a position where they cannot win and they're going to piss off uh, a fan base no matter what um ryan I, i i know you've been vocal a little bit on this uh topic as well uh, you got anything to add on Hutchie? I think Hutchie did a pretty good job of summing it up, but I'm, I know you could always put some icing on the top. Yeah, I I, I actually agree a lot with Hutch as well. Uh, it's it's the no fun league. Uh, you can't celebrate anymore. Uh, I I think another thing is it's become 
uh, it's become very soft as well. And everyone's worried about the concussions. They're not hitting anymore. You used to have a segment called Jacked Up, watching that, getting everyone, you know, Ross going down. You can't touch anyone. A defensive back can't touch a receiver down the field. Uh, God forbid if you came within the yard of a quarterback. Uh, it's a penalty now. It, it's yeah. just diminished. Um, I, I just don't think the product itself is good. I think the, you know, the right now overall, if you pick up the paper and you look at the matchups, whoever is the favorite has wins. You know, someone's going to quote me and tell me I'm wrong on this one. Uh, <laughs> fact check me, I should say. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to sound like uh, that president of ours saying, you know, 99% of the time the favorite wins. So someone, <laughs> someone fact checked me on that one. But it, it's something like that. The, there's very rarely an upset uh, in re, in regards to the league. So I, and and in regards to the protest, that's sort of the flavor of the week this week, or sort of the flavor of the month. I feel like people mm-hmm. are protesting, protests, protests right now to protest. The, I don't. I can't keep up with all the protests about the the flag right now. So, you know what I mean? People are protesting that people are protesting that people are protesting right now. And I, I think it has an effect, but I don't think it's as drastic as, you know, certain uh, mainstream medias are making out to be. That's why ratings are declining. I think the product as a whole with the NFL is declining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good point here. Great timing. Hey, both receivers, uh, you, Kirshner, you talked about the, the no fun league. You guys liked Odell Beckham's little pissing celebration <laughs> there, there Sunday night it. as extra wide receivers. You guys like that or was that taken a little it. too far? Oh, it was childish like usual for him. <laughs> and then he'll punch, punch something on the sidelines. And then, you know what? He, he's another petty guy. He'll come out in the locker room saying, you know, that's on me. I got to do better. Well, then stop doing it every week if it's on you and you have to do better and cost your team 15 yards. Uh, I don't get it, but it's it's part of the celebration, part of the product. Yeah. See, see this, is, this is this is kind of where Kirshner and I divert in thinking. Um, yeah. I'm more of the I'm more of the flashy guy. I, I, my my thing is if you get in the end zone. You do whatever you want. I don't care if you get a flag or not. You do whatever you want. If you want to take your pants off and throw it at the ref, do what you got to do. If you're scoring touchdowns for me, I'm all fine with it. I don't care what you do. I think celebrating is part of the game. I don't think uh, – I think his I think his celebration was actually pretty good. I, I haven't seen anything like that before. I, I kind of liked it. I know yeah. uh, the owner of the Giants wasn't too happy about it. But I, thought it I thought it was sweet. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was good. I, I mean, I think – you know that kind of that kind of resembles our playing styles, though. You know, Kirshner was you know workman's ethic. You know, he's just gonna catch the ball, hand it to the ref. You know, I'm I'm a little bit more of you know do a little dance if you can. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm for the dance. I'm I'm for that. Have fun. I I, I give it a two out of ten. It wasn't creative. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. Like I I a bad Chad Johnson or a bad T.O. celebration was is way better than the best Odell Beckham celebration I've ever seen. Like, those guys yeah. were entertaining doing things up there. Yeah. You're going to walk around like a dog taking a piss. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, it didn't, it wasn't good for me. I give it a two out of 10. <laughs> we can't, we can't talk about celebrations without giving a shout out to my boy, Antonio Bazoffi, uh, best touchdown <laughs> celebration of all time. If you're, uh, if you're near, if you're near a laptop, go ahead, go ahead and YouTube that Antonio Bazzoffi touchdown celebration. You all believe football? Check it out. 
You know, Norwester yeah. Sportsman has to buy the 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 right to air that air that video alone. That is probably one of the best end zone celebrations I have ever seen. Especially <laughs> especially the second spike, right? Don't you do yeah. it? Don't you do it? <laughs> Boom! Love it. Shout out to as, the as, that's the, a, as, as he stares the referee in the eyes, and the ref is begging him not to spike it again. Boom! Right. That's the time. That's the time when you celebrate. You've been there once. You're probably never going back again. You eat up every minute out there you can. Oh, yeah. I agree. So, that was great. All right. Ryan, we're staying with you. Since you are a Jets fan, uh, you are probably watching some of these players here in, in NCAA kind of make some noise. Do you have, you know, I just want to get you a sense of, I guess, as a Jets fan, who you're looking for at the top uh, of uh, the draft next year. Uh, if you have any Heisman favorites or kind of just get your idea of what you're seeing right now in the NCAA lanes, landscape, you know, do you have any favorite players that you enjoy watching on, on a week to week basis? Anybody that's really catching your eye? I, I think probably for the first time in years, there's a player in the NCAA that I've actually gone out of my way to watch his games yeah. uh, this year. Uh, that's Saquon Barkley. It pains me. Um, I'm, not the biggest Penn State fan. I, hate uh, I didn't State. like. I didn't like how things went down a few years ago. Uh, that could be a conversation for another time. You could get me my own show for two hours. How I thought everything was mishandled and Joe Pa knew and everything else from there. But Saquon Barkley, Saquon may have. But he is the best player I've seen since. I, I don't know. He might be better than. Cam Newton, Tebow, Vince Young, Reggie Bush. What he's doing is unprecedented. It's out of this world, and I'm not even just talking sheer numbers on paper, what he's putting up every week, which are ridiculous in itself, but his talent and his ability, uh, it's it's a man playing amongst boys. I know this is the year of the quarterback. I'm not sold on any of these guys yet as a quarterback. Uh I think uh, Darnold's extremely overrated, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, yeah, again, yeah. I haven't watched him in cut-ups in terms of breaking down the film, but just from watching the game, he tries to make the big play every single time. They keep talking about his poise and his presence and his, you know, his how great he is out there. I'm just not seeing it. You want, to show, you want someone that's great, you put on ABC or whoever has Penn State on and. You just watch Saquon Barkley run. Give him the ball 70 times a game, and you'll never lose. Yeah. I mean, that, that one play that he had against Iowa where he, like, he, like, hurtled over that one guy in the midair, he got hit, and he stayed on his feet for, like, what, it was like a 20-yard game. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. This kid's and and he, he had a play before that where he was getting chased, uh, I think, by a linebacker, and every single human being on this planet, momentum would have, carried that big body out of bounds of his with the mm-hmm. rate of speed he was going. And he planted on his left foot while a corner was coming at him and just stuck it in the ground, cut back right, and I believe he went for like an 85-yard touchdown. No one else has the strength oh, of one yeah, leg to just plant and move like that. And yep. your average football fan is a, you know, that hurdle play is much better, but that to me is a much, much better play uh, just because yeah. it's so impressive what he was actually able to do. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing I, else to add. What, what you got, Hutchie? I, I like Saquon Barkley a lot. Um, I, I will say that uh, he hasn't really 
played the competition that I'd like to see him go against yet this year. I think they played Pittsburgh, Akron, and and Iowa. Um, none of those defenses are world beaters, but I do like Saquon Barkley a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Back to your Sam Darnold point, yeah, he, he's he's extremely overrated. Man, I think the scouts just. I think the scouts look at him and they go, oh, no, this guy's really tall and really white and he can throw hard. I think he's going to be great. But then, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not big on Sam Darnold. He's really overrated. He's, he's thrown like seven picks this year in three or four games. He, that, that sounds like a Jets quarterback, so I know you, you guys might like him, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want him hey. to play on my squad. <laughs> it, it sounds about right, far for the yeah. course. He might even suit up for the Knicks as well. Yeah, it, it yeah. does amaze me that we're not even talking about last year's Heisman winner. I mean, that Lamar Jackson, he's he's still putting up some pretty crazy numbers. I mean, he had two picks yeah. last game, but 10, 10 TDs, three interceptions, almost 1,400 passing yards already to add with another yeah. 337 yards rushing and four TDs. I mean, why aren't we talking about Lamar? Is he just not the flavor of the, the week this or the flavor of the no. month or flavor of the year? I- I think we I think we are spoiled by Lamar. I think we are used to seeing since we watched him do that last year, mm-hmm. I think that seeing him and that's the thing, it's really hard to repeat Heisman winning because you have to build on your performance from the previous year if you won it last year. You can't do replicate the same numbers and get the Heisman again. You have yeah. to play better. It's kinda of hard for him to play better. He was scoring like five touchdowns a game last year. It's kinda of, you know, hard to beat that. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's on pace to do the same thing, but you know, we're kinda of used to really oh it's just Lamar being Lamar again, you know. It's just we're yeah. we're not we're not in awe. We're not in as in awe of him as we were last year. Yeah. I, I would have him as my second I mean, he is phenomenal. Another guy that you know you like to watch. My problem I guess with him is uh I just feel like a lot of the – and I know you could say this with Penn State's beginning of the schedule, but the competition's not there. And I think in those big games, and not to put this solely on um, Lamar, but they get their asses kicked. I mean, yeah. they get their asses kicked. Um, you know, they yeah. got whooped by Clemson this year. And to me, if you're the Heisman Trophy, it, it partially is a team award because you're going to mm-hmm. have a good team as well, uh, helping you out getting those wins. And those, like Deshaun Watson last year, you know, I know he didn't put up the numbers, but that dude just won big game after big game, including obviously the championship and that drive, iconic. Uh, That holds a lot of weight if I was a voter, um, but probably why they don't give me a vote. Yeah. Yeah. One one more thing to add. Uh, Yeah. If if things stay as they are now throughout the season, which I'm sure they won't, you know, people lose, people win, but if they stay like they are now, we'd get Alabama versus Penn State in the first round of the college football playoff. I'd love to see that matchup. Saquon versus the Alabama defense. Yep. Woo, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, we'd and, find out what he's really about. And my last thing on Lamar, why I probably won't, wouldn't give him the Heisman is, my last image of Rick Pitino is him in a skin-tight Lamar jersey on college game day. Like a, so women's, I, like a, a women's cut, like cut Lamar jersey, too. It was really weird. It, w- it was super weird, and that was probably fireable to begin with, but it just took the FBI to come in. <laughs> I think they saw that. I think they saw that and were like, all right, this shit's done. Come on, let's do that it. That triggered the investigation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I like that. We'll wrap that one up there. And guys, we're on to the last topic. I told you that this is flying by, but I think we're going to stay in the NFL. It feels like every March, April, like it feels like so, it's going to take so long to get to football season. And it finally gets here and then it flies faster than we can blink. So believe it or not, we've already been into a month into the football season already. So let's, I want to take a quick second to kind of reflect back you know, right now in the NCAA and the NFL, I guess what's some of the football teams that are overrated? What are some of the teams that you think are underrated? What what teams are out there that we should be talking about that we're not? Um, Hutch, I'll, I'll start with you. Did you got your eye on any NCAA team, any NFL team that you think is going to come back down to earth? Is, is there any team out there that you just think is grossly overrated at the moment? Um, with the NFL, it's hard because we're only we're less than a quarter into the season, I guess. Well, this would be yep. week four, so I guess about a, about a quarter into the season. It's kind of tough. Um, uh, I will say this: I'm a Ravens fan. We started off hot. We have six starters on the IR, and we have 20 people total on the IR. We are not going anywhere. We suck. We're gonna be bad. We're gonna we might lose <laughs> the rest of our games. We honestly might lose the rest of our games. We're going to maybe beat the Steelers one, one out of the two times, which will bring me some joy. But other than that, we, 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 just, don't have, we just don't have the bodies to be any good this year. Um, yeah. Around the league, though, I do like the Tennessee Titans as a sleeper team that people aren't really talking about. And I do think that the Oakland Raider, Raiders are a tad bit overrated. That, that defense is not uh, up to where it, championship levels you know, would, would have them be yet. I, I think they're maybe a year or two away. Um, hopefully, you know, they can get it together before they make the move to Vegas. But people are talking about them as a Super Bowl contender this year, and I honestly just don't see it. All right. I like it. I like it. Coming in coming in strong. Kirshner, I mean, <laughs> I, I know you're not going to tell me the Jets are underrated, right? I mean, it's a you thought they were going 0-16, so the fact that they won this last week, you got to be well. <laughs> they, they've overachieved. Uh I still think the easiest. I still think the easiest bet in Vegas history is Jets four and a half uh, wins on the season. Uh, I I put the house up and I, I bet that. Uh, but uh, I agree with Hunch. I think the Ravens. Uh, I don't know if you want to call them overrated because I don't think they were great to begin with, but they're injury plagued. Uh, I think the Cowboys are actually overrated this year. I'm not seeing the same. Uh, I, I think their defense is is nothing like it was last year. I know they lost a lot of guys. Um, there's something with the offensive line. that It just doesn't seem to be clicking like it did last year. But you also give NFL defensive coordinators, you know, 16 weeks of film and a long off season to, uh, you know, look at a quarterback and a running back. It, it helps. Uh, I think for two other teams that, um, you know, have, I, Panthers are 2-1, they are dreadful. Oh, they're um, awful. They are Awful. How they have two wins is, is beyond <laughs> me. With uh, Benjamin out and Olsen out, uh, you know, Cam Newton is – I sucks. think he's just declining. He, he is just declining. You can tell that Cam Newton is still hurt. You can tell he's not right. There's something he, like he just doesn't <laughs> look – he doesn't look like himself. He looks like yeah. He looks like a guy that yeah. He doesn't look like himself because he's wearing grandma outfits on the podium every <laughs> Sunday. There wasn't a bigger Cam fan than me. I loved Cam Newton. I loved him in college. I loved him when he came in. Uh, just as that like, you know that that aura about him. He's always smiling, laughing, having fun. 
Uh, he lost me when he didn't dive on that fumble in the Super Bowl, and his career's gone downhill since there. And I will wrap up uh, my, you know, the one team that I do like that I think is underrated right now is the Rams. Uh, I love their up-tempo offense. They did some good work on the offensive line. Gurley had a bad year last year. It, it happens, uh, and I think that could be not quite as bad, but what Ezekiel Elliott's going through this year. But Gurley's back. Uh, I'm not sold on golf yet, but he's got some weapons around him. makes it easier on a young quarterback. Uh, I do want to wrap up my <laughs> debut podcast, though, with my bold take of who I think's overrated, and it's hard with a measuring stick. Go with this one, but I do think the Patriots are overrated. Uh, it's uh, it's a hot take. I know I don't remember what Vegas had them at. I want to say maybe 13, 13 and a half, somewhere around there. Uh, I I was hearing that they were going to go undefeated, uh, and their their first week losses and what made me think they're overrated. I've just I've just seen them you know three weeks now, and they just don't look like the same old Patriots. I know they've had some injuries. Um, would it be surprising if they won? I don't want you know. I'm sounding like I'm on both sides of the fence here. Would they won the Super Bowl? No, because I would never count Tom Brady, Belichick out um, from that. But I just, I just don't see it this year. I, I think they're they're overrated from I guess the fans' standpoint that we're all chanting, you know, 19 and 0. This is going to be the yeah. greatest team of all time. I just don't see it. I like it. I like I, the only team I would like to add in here is the Seahawks. Can we get off their nuts? All of us? Can we just stop? That that you know, they're, offense, one and, they're one and two though, and that's why I, I know I know. But like everybody still thinks the Seahawks are like this great team. They're not a great team. Like they didn't have yeah, bad the, luck. They just suck. But they're terrible. Somehow, teams. somehow come in December they will rattle off three wins. They'll be seven and nine. They'll make the playoffs. They'll have you know. Pete Carroll's cousin starting at left guard, who's 64 years old, and he's somehow shutting down and Dominican Sue Bob in Carroll. the Super Bowl. Yeah, good old Bob. But I don't know how they do it, but it's Good it's old amazing. Bob with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, boys, I you know, I forgot to blow the whistle here for the last topic here. There it is. But congratulations on your podcast debut. Both of you did a fantastic job. I uh, just want to let everybody know that the midweek six pack will be here uh, every Wednesday, nine o'clock. We'll try to keep it in the 30 minutes. So we, we ran a little over today, but that was going to be as expected, but um, any parting words for you gentlemen here? I'll go first. Uh, my parting words would be uh, Baker Mayfield for president. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Kirshner jets going to win this weekend. <laughs> No, no, um, I'm kidding. No, they're not going to win this weekend. Um, I don't know. My parting words would be: if the Knicks win a championship in the near future, anytime in the near future, <laughs> don't call me, don't text me. I'm going to be so far away in this world somewhere, having so much fun that just don't distract me and try to bring me down with anything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Well, on, on that, on that note, gentlemen, thanks for joining us here today. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody have a good rest of the week and, and we'll, we'll be back here Sunday morning with me and the coach for the Nor'easter, Nor'easter sportscast here coming in Sunday at 8 AM. So thanks everybody. Have a great night. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. 
and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs>